Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope y'all were praising as much as I was. Um, thank y'all so much for that amazing um, music this morning that has definitely ushered us into the presence of God and reminded us of what this season is all about, that he has risen, he has overcome it all. Um, and so today I would like to read to us, uh, continuing where Pastor Sam was last week uh, in the Gospel of John, and we're going to keep reading uh, in chapter 20. So if you will hear these words, I will start at verse 19 and continue through verse 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we praise you and thank you for this good news and this word that you have for us this morning. I pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind your cross and that you will take the words on my page and the thoughts in your heart and that you will carry them into each and every one of our hearts and our lives today, that your word will be made flesh and take root and grow within us so that we can shine it and share it with everyone that we meet. Now, we are so grateful for your love. We are so grateful for your resurrection, and we are so grateful for your call upon our lives. It is in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. So, as I said before I started reading the scripture, um, today's passage starts where we left off last week, where we left off uh, at the resurrection. Uh, this passage, we are still at Resurrection Sunday, except now the sun has set and the disciples are in the same place they were that morning. They are locked up 
behind closed doors, and they are scared. It is here that John tells us that Jesus appears among his disciples. No knocking on the door, no coming in through a back secret way. He just appears among them. And Jesus stands among them and speaks peace over them. Peace be with you. Even though they had seen the tomb empty, and even though Mary Magdalene had told them her good news, that she has seen Jesus alive with her very own eyes, you can imagine that the disciples were still in awe that Jesus is standing right before them. They had witnessed everything that Jesus had endured on Friday. They had seen his lifeless body taken from the cross that afternoon. And so for him to be alive, standing before them, this was almost too good to be true. Jesus, of course, understood this. And so without them even having to ask, he reached out his hands to show them the nail marks and pulled aside his robe so that they could see the scar marks in his side. Even though John doesn't give us a whole lot of description about what was taking place with the disciples, I can visualize this moment so vividly. The disciples inching closer and closer to Jesus, looking at his hands and his side, and then they look up at his face. They see his eyes and they see his smile. It's him. It's really and truly him. And John tells us the disciples were then overjoyed. And so I have no doubt there were hugs exchanged, tears shed, praises proclaimed. Whatever darkness filled that room before, it is now lifted. Whatever fear filled their broken hearts, it is now gone. Whatever doubt filled their shadowed minds, it is now erased. And so with the darkness lifted, the fear gone, the doubt erased, Jesus knew the disciples were now ready to hear his next word for them, their call, their commission. Once again, Jesus offered them peace, peace be with you. And then he goes on to say, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them the gift of the Holy Spirit the power and the presence of God to live and work and move inside each and every one of them. With this gift, Jesus empowered the disciples to continue his work and ministry in the world, to continue teaching and preaching the word of God, to continue healing the sick and caring for the broken, to continue feeding the hungry and giving life-giving drink to the thirsty, to continue seeking out and saving the lost. They thought the door was closed, and Jesus has now told them the door is open. Go. I am sending you as the Father sent me. Go. You know, it seems like that should be enough, right, in this passage. Uh, we, We can just close the Bible and move on. But as we continue reading, we see that there's more to this day. There's more to this day. Um, What we discover is that someone was missing in that uh, powerful and inspirational interaction. One disciple wasn't there to see Jesus, to hear Jesus, to touch Jesus, to celebrate with Jesus. That disciple was Thomas. 
Now, Thomas always gets a bad rap, the doubter, we call him. Um, But I believe Thomas missing out on Jesus' first appearance was not an accident. I believe it was no coincidence. I believe God actually planned it that way. And here is my theory. In the scripture, uh, Thomas is referred to as the twin. I don't know if you caught that while I was reading it, but, but it says Thomas, known as the twin. Now, there is a scholar somewhere who knows who Thomas's twin was or why he was called that. And as a seminary graduate, maybe I'm supposed to know that, but I don't. Um, and that's not my theory. My theory is this. I want you to consider this possibility. What if you are Thomas's twin? I am Thomas's twin. We are Thomas's twin. As we read verse 30 and 31, John, who's been telling this wonderful story of this amazing interaction of Jesus appearing to his disciples twice, uh, he shifts from this storytelling to a direct conversation with the reader. And he says this, I'm going to read it exactly. He says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Again, John is speaking directly to us, the reader, in that. So after Thomas asserts that he will not believe that Jesus is alive until he sees it with his own eyes and touches Jesus with his own hands, um, John tells us on the eighth day, uh, in some translations it says the eighth day, this one said a week, but but the one I studied said on the eighth day Jesus appeared again. Uh, something that uh, that I have learned through the years is that in the Hebrew tradition, Numbers have great significance, and a lot of times when a number is noted, uh, we are to pay attention to it because there's something deep beneath it. And you may have heard that the number seven signifies heaven um, or perfection or completion. So if you hold that in your mind, seven is perfection, seven is, is the completion, then what if you add one more? Eight. The number eight signifies more the overflow, the abundance. And so if seven is the cake, eight is the icing, right? And hey, who won't take cake with icing? And that's what's happening this day. On this eighth day, when Jesus appears to the disciples again and Thomas is there, this is the overflow. Um, I believe John and Jesus want us to understand the abundance of, of his grace and the overflow of his love in that moment. Because Jesus didn't have to appear again to prove himself to Thomas. He had already appeared to Mary Magdalene. He had already appeared to the other 11 disciples. Uh, That was enough. Their testimony was enough. Yet, out of the abundance of his grace for Thomas and out of the abundance of his grace for Thomas's twin, you and me, Jesus appeared again. And Jesus did this, I believe, because he wants you and me to believe in him. Even though we haven't seen his hands or his side quite like the first disciples did, um, Jesus says, blessed are you and those who, who have not seen and yet 
have come to believe. Jesus wants us to believe. He wants you to believe. He wants me to believe. That is what he did uh, when he died on the cross. That's what he did to accomplish that. And, and life with Jesus doesn't end at, at just the believing. He wants us to believe, and then he wants us to put our belief into action. That is what his resurrection accomplished, to empower us. Um, as the Father sent me, so I send you. He breathed the Holy Spirit onto his first disciples, on Thomas and on us, Thomas's twins, so that we can continue his work and his ministry in the world. Jesus wants us to be his hands and his feet, his voice, his heart in the world, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our community, every single place we go, every single sphere of influence we have. And, and as I say this, I, I want to throw out a word of caution. Um, we can't compare our sphere of influence with that of anyone else because God has a call for each and every one of us. Um, we have a tendency to look at the call of someone else, and a lot of times it's somebody who who's, has a more visible call, who has a more noticeable call, who has a call that maybe seems greater than anything that we are called to do, and we think, well, God hasn't called me to do anything, or what I do doesn't make a difference. Well, that is absolutely not true. God has a plan for all of us. Some have big, grand, visible calls. Some have calls that are the undercurrent, that nobody ever sees, but without which everything would crumble. You have a call. Whether you are old or young, whether you are a student, whether you are working, whether you are retired, whether you are active and can go and do anywhere and anything, or whether you can't leave your home. Whether you are called on a large scale or a small scale, whether you are asked to do something visible or something hidden, Jesus has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a call for you. Jesus wants everyone who believes in him. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Jesus is sending you to go, to love, to be, to do, to give, to tell, to show, to share what he has done, who he is, and every promise he has given us. You know, your call today might be to smile to the person who is checking you out at the store. Your call today might be to, to send some kindness to those who are on the front lines of this. Your, your call today may be to, to pick up the phone and check on somebody who lives alone or to text somebody who you know has been going through a particularly difficult time. And when all this mess is over, um, your call uh, could, could look like some of the things that are taking place now, ladle of love or tornado relief or clothes closet. Um, th the list is endless. But every single one of us, God is calling you, calling me, calling us, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. So brothers and sisters, peace, peace be with you. Believe Jesus is alive and know that you are sent. You are sent to continue Jesus' work and his ministry 
everywhere you go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.